Welcome to the Independent Advisors Podcast, where we dive into the world of stocks, tradable markets, and financial planning with Jessup Wealth Management's Chief Investment Officer, Mark McEvely, and CEO, Matt Jessup. You'll hear tips, tricks, and strategies to address your financial well-being, and most importantly, conveyed in a way that everyone can understand. Here are your hosts, Mark and Matt. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 199 of the Independent Advisors Podcast, where Matt Jessup and I, Mark McEvely, bring you everything you need to know from the past week in the world of financial markets and financial planning. This week, we are deviating from our normal schedule to welcome Chad Hooper as today's guest. Chad is the owner and founder of Medicare for You, where he helps individuals prepare for and get set up on Medicare. So, Chad, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm really excited about today's show because this is one of the things uh, in our industry, at least, that people are never taught about. And there's not a whole lot of guidance around mm-hmm. signing up for Medicare and, you know, what types of additions you have to have and what age you need to start thinking about this and how much it's going to cost. So I'm really excited to kind of dig deeper on that with you today. I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah, it is. It, it is overwhelming for people. So uh, we try to simplify the process and we'll talk about some of those things today. Great. Awesome. Um, so just a uh, brief deviation, uh, Chad, we usually go through market performance for the uh, month that we're in and the year to date numbers. So I'm just going to take a few minutes and do that and we'll be right back. Sure. Uh, So as always, these numbers are as of the market close on May 3rd, and this data is from Ycharts. S&P 500 index is down 1.9% for the month and up 6.5% for the year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 2% for the month and up 0.8% for the year. The NASDAQ Composite Index down 1.6% for the month and up 15% for the year. The Russell 2000 Small Cap Index down 1.6% for the month and down 1.2% for the year. The Vanguard All World X United States ETF down 1.1% for the month and up 7.5% for the year. Three month Treasury rate sitting at 5.26%, two year Treasury rate at 3.89%, and the 10 year Treasury rate at 3.38%. Uh, Next week, we'll get back to our normal agenda. Uh, But for those wondering, since we talk about it a lot, the Fed did raise interest rates again by another quarter percentage point. um, And they were outlining that they could possibly be done uh, with rate hikes for the rest of the year uh, and even can see some rate cuts before the end of 2023. Uh, So to get back to it, Chad, let's start off with the basics. What is Medicare? Great. Yeah. So Medicare is a federal plan. Uh, that is basically for people age 65 or people that have either uh, disabilities and and renal stage failure or uh, ALS, which is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Okay. So if it's age 65 and older, when do people need to start preparing or applying for Medicare, even thinking about it? Yeah. So uh, the way the way that it works is is that you have the ability to sign up for Medicare three months prior to your 65th birthday, the month in which you turn age 65, and the three months following. So you have a seven-month enrollment period. So we normally recommend people trying to start looking at that somewhere around that three month prior to their 65th birthday to start to enroll in Medicare Parts A and or Part B depending upon if they're going to elect Social Security or they're going to continue to work in variables such as that. Right. Okay. So if you're married and you know, you're know you a couple 
years apart from your spouse, you know, this is a individual thing, correct? It's not like spouses are paying together for their Medicare policy. That is correct. It's it's individual by individual. Okay, yes. great. So it kind of works for the, the listeners. It's kind of like retirement accounts, right? You can't have two owners on a retirement account. It's the same way for Medicare. Yes. Um, so different parts of Medicare. So, you know, there's part A, there's part B. I know there's a lot of other parts and things that go into this. So can you break down the, the basic parts of Medicare? What is a necessity? What is optional for people? Sure. So there's four parts of Medicare. There's Medicare Part A, there's Medicare Part B, there's Medicare Part C, and there's Medicare Part D. So Medicare Part A is going to be your hospitalization, uh, hospice, um, nursing home care, uh, some home health care types of services. Now, with traditional original Medicare, there is a Part A deductible of $1,600 for this year in 2023 that must be satisfied before the Part A benefits kick in. Now, remember, we're talking about just original traditional Medicare, no other coverage involved whatsoever. Then you get into Medicare Part B, and Medicare Part B uh, has a $164.90 premium that must be paid each month for recipients of Part B, but that can also adjust based upon income levels. So you could pay a higher level of Medicare Part B just solely based upon your income level. But most, majority of people are probably paying the 164.90, which is actually a decrease. It was 172.10 in 2022, so it went down a little bit this, this year. Which now, we haven't we, seen in a while, right? No, and no, everyone it, it thinks, absolutely hardly ever happens, right. frankly. And yeah. especially, you know, we actually just on the podcast the other week, we're talking about since the late 90s or early 2000s, the prices of things increasing. The top two, as you can imagine, were healthcare and college, right? So I think it was a surprise, a welcome surprise for people that that premium came down this year. You rarely hardly ever see it. So yeah, it was a nice surprise. And the interesting thing about that too is so under Medicare Part B, that's gonna cover like doctor's offices, outpatient, um, that's gonna cover like tests, all your preventive wellness exams, durable medical equipment, things that basically are happening outside of those things that I talked about in Medicare Part A. So with Medicare Part B, an original Medicare Part B, you have a $226 deductible that must be met prior to anything being covered there. So you have to meet that first, and then the benefit would kick in uh, on those additional Part B services. Okay. Now, Medicare Part C, those are Medicare Advantage plans, um, and that's becoming a big trending uh, healthcare plan that we've seen really, really drive forward here in about the last five to seven years in terms of enrollments into Medicare Advantage plans. And then Medicare Part D, starting in 2006, you had to start having a Medicare Part D plan. Uh, it's not a requirement, but if you don't choose to enroll in that, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, you could be subject to a penalty based upon the time in which you enroll if you choose to enroll after uh, you turn age 65. Okay. So let's go back to the Medicare Advantage plan because I know that's kind of confusing for a lot of people, mm -hmm. or at least I've gotten feedback from, from clients and from others that they're like, okay, you got Medicare, you have a Medicare Advantage plan, there's Medicaid out there. It's mm -hmm. like my head spitting. So what is like the Medicare Advantage plan? Yeah. So what happens is um, you're basically transferring the risk from the government 
into a private insurance carrier's okay. hands. So the insurance companies all have a contract with Medicare and they're responsible for paying all of the care for the individual that enrolls in their plan. And then basically Medicare is providing a reimbursement to the insurance company and they're gonna manage the dollars to okay. pay for the claims. So the thing that's so unique about the Medicare Advantage plans is that um, they're offering a lot more above and beyond traditional Medicare services. While they have to include all services that are covered under original Medicare Part A and Parts B, they're adding things like uh, exercise memberships. Uh, they're doing things like dental vision that are not covered under original Medicare. Um, they're also doing more things like, um, like over-the-counter benefits. Um, some of them even have like uh, healthy food allowances. Um, some are even paying utilities. So we've started to see uh, a lot more additional, these kind of value-added benefits that go above and beyond the original Medicare. And obviously that's a reason to, the insurance companies are trying to entice people to enroll with them and trying to build their membership, as well as some of these companies that have so much membership, they're also trying to retain that membership. So they're offering a few more, what I would call kind of bells and whistles, uh, benefits that people, a lot of people can really benefit from some of these things. But oftentimes, a lot of them go unused, frankly. Right, yeah. right. So what about when it comes to the quality of care? If you elect like Medicare Advantage or you don't, is there a difference in quality of care or does that not really make a difference? It's kind of just the, uh, added, the value adds that you just described that come along with the Medicare Advantage plan. Yeah, that's correct. So, you know, you still have a network in the Medicare Advantage plans, you're going to have a network of doctors. So you're going to see the same type of doctors that accept Medicare, just like you maybe would see with traditional Medicare or a Medicare supplement type of policy. Um, the care quality really should not deviate much in what the what the patient is going to get uh, from one of those plans. The more, the more common thing you'll see is, is that on the like Medicare supplements, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a second here, okay. um, there's not quite as much what, what we would say managed care as there would be in the Advantage plans because those are more like HMO, PPO type of plans. Mm -hmm. So pre-certification, um, things like that that take place to make sure that the event that they're going to perform is, is medically necessary is a little bit more in place than what it might be on a Medicare supplement type of plan. Okay. So it's a more managed plan. Okay, that yep. makes sense. Um, coming back to, to part D, which is uh, prescription coverage, right? Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about that a little bit more. You mentioned penalties earlier if people don't have it. So how does that all work? Yeah, so what happens is if you are enrolled or you're eligible for Medicare, and you choose not to enroll in a plan when you are eligible, you can be charged a 1% penalty for each month that you are not covered. And that 1% is based upon a benchmark. So for example, let's say the benchmark is $32.50, okay? So that one percentage point is based upon the 32.50. Mm -hmm. Now that, that, that number changes annually in okay. terms of that benchmark. So basically, if you go without coverage for one year, you're going to get 12% on that 32.50. And the thing that's really important that people understand is, is that once you're assessed that penalty, you pay that penalty every month for the rest of your life. Wow. Yeah. So it, it can add up for people. Um, the only exception for that is if somebody either uh, financially qualifies for either extra help 
or they are Medicaid eligible, and then they're not going to have to pay that anymore. But yeah, some people, if they're healthy, they think, I don't need a prescription plan because I don't take anything. Mm -hmm. And then they're not maybe properly informed or educated to know that when the time does come, they're going to be assessed that penalty. And that's a wake-up call for them. Right. And they're saying, like, wait a minute, I have to pay $10 additional every month for the rest of my life? Sorry, but that's that's the way it works. Wow. Yeah. So is there a certain period or once per year where if people don't elect it and then they decide they're like, okay, I want to elect this now, is that an option? How many times a year can they do it or is it not an option? Yeah, you're going to have to have, you're basically going to have to have what's called a, um, um, a special enrollment period. Okay. So either you're going to move to a different area um, something changes and that would allow you to have an election period to, to then do that. Okay. Um, but otherwise you're going to have to wait till the next enrollment period. Or if you take somebody, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the only way that's going to happen. Right. So yeah. you have to have like a qualifying event exactly for yep. a special enrollment or else you just got to wait until the normal enrollment period each year. That's correct. Okay. Yes. And when is that enrollment usually? Yeah. So the Medicare enrollment period is going to take place for Medicare Advantage between October 15th and December 7th. Okay. Now, all the new plans for the next year will come out on October 1st, and you can, can begin to market those, share those plans, but you're not allowed to discuss the plans until October 1st, and that, but you cannot take an enrollment until the 15th. Okay. Okay. And then at the strike of, of 1159 on December 7th, the enrollment period ends. But what they started doing a few years ago is that starting on January 1st, they have what's called the open enrollment period, the OEP. And then what happens is that the individual can change from one Medicare Advantage plan to another Medicare Advantage plan, but you can't just like enroll into like a standalone Part D plan or something like that. So, and then that concludes at the end of March, so March 31st. So if somebody makes an enrollment to change their plan in January, it would be effective on February 1st. If they do it in February, March 1st, March, April 1st. Got and it. then it's called what they call lock-in. So then starting April 1st through October 15th would be the lock-in that unless you had that special enrollment period, you would have to stay in the plan in which you rolled, enrolled in originally. Wow, okay. All right, that's very helpful. Um, what about others? Are there other types of supplements that people can have? What are common types of other supplement plans uh, that people might have to think about? Sure, sure. So. Uh, in terms of terminology, there's also what's called a Medicare supplement or often known as a Medigap plan. And that's an alternative to like a Medicare Advantage plan. Okay. Now, in the Medigap Medicare supplement plans, what that does is basically it covers different levels in terms of the A and B of what, it, of what is covered. So, for example, some may say you only have to pay the Medicare Part B deductible and then the plan will pay it 100%. So the way that works is, is that in traditional healthcare, you, you, you hear the old 80-20 rule. So Medicare is going to pay the 80%, and then that supplement or Medigap plan is taking into account the other 20% of claims. So based upon the plan you enroll in, and they're all standardized plans. So it doesn't matter which insurance company you go to, a plan G is a plan G. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's one and the same. It's just the way they're going to rate that plan. Okay, and it's an age-generated plan. Um, 
then basically you're going to have what's age bands that that plan is going to go up. It goes up annually, and then it also can be a little bit bigger bump when you hit like uh, 70, 75, things like that. Okay. So uh, just in my own language, tell me if I'm understanding this correctly. So, you know, the 80-20 rule, right? So Medicare is going to pay for 80%. If you didn't have the Medigap pol uh, policy or supplement, then you would be responsible for that 20%. But if you elect to have the Medigap, then they're going to take care of it. That's correct. And, and the big uh, thing that people don't always understand is, is that on that Medigap plan, you're only gonna have so much responsibility financially on that plan. And on the Advantage plans, you have a max out of pocket. If you have just traditional original Medicare Part A and Part B, it's 80-20. If you have a $100,000 bill, you're gonna be on the hook for $80,000 because right. you don't have that gap plan or you don't have that Advantage plan. Right. So that's one thing we wanna make sure that people understand. While it's not trying to, to push somebody into a plan. We just want to make sure that people are properly informed and educated so they have some awareness of what maybe might take place if they choose not to make an enrollment into a specific plan. Okay. So, and, and in that example, Medicare would be 80,000 and they would be 20,000, correct? Yeah, that's okay. correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I you're fine. Numbers. I just wanted yeah. to make sure yeah. that I was, I was like, Whoa, that's, so, a, so those numbers, that's a big but bill. Those numbers could add up. <laughs> right. You know? yeah. and, I, and I don't think people until something happens to them or to a close family member or a close friend, Healthcare is really expensive, like ambulance rides and stuff, like really expensive, right? It so um, it's not just, you know, your, you know, $20 prescription that you're responsible for 20% of. I mean, if you have something happen to you that you need significant care, that's going to be a, a pretty penny in terms of how much you're going to owe if you're not properly covered. That's correct. Medicare. That's correct. And in what I always try to inform people and educate people on is, is that, you, you have to be comfortable with terms of if you're buying a Medicare supplement, that's going to require a monthly premium that you're going to pay each month. And then you're going to have to enroll in a Part D drug plan, which will have a premium each month. A lot of these Advantage plans, there's zero premium. So you have to pay your Medicare Part B, but you might not pay a monthly premium. Some will have a premium. So it's understanding what people's you know threshold is to take on some of that risk themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, what they're comfortable with paying on a monthly basis and making sure they understand, you know, what kind of umbrella they have under their head, over their head in the event something happens to them. Exactly being able to have a little bit of predictability in what that might be, even though it is in the risk business. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So what so just the last follow up on Medigap policies or supplements, um, what's like the cost or average cost of a, of a Medigap yeah. supplement? Um, if you're initially enrolling, you know, you're 65, you're going to probably pay anywhere from uh, maybe $90 to max maybe $130 okay. as you start in. And then on the Medicare Part D plans, you can get one like here locally in Montgomery County as low as $11, and you can go up to like $80 mm -hmm. on, on a Part D plan. Right. So that's why it's important to shop and understand based upon what medications people are taking and there's there's software programs in there we can plug all that stuff in and take a look at what their estimated expense might be and then that helps to drive what the appropriate plan is going to be on the prescription drug side so um yeah so that's about what they're going to pay then as they age that amount is going to go up and what we're starting to see is, is that people get to a certain age and then you know, if I have an Advantage plan where the max out of pocket's $4,200, but I'm paying 
$400 a month for my med sup, it, it doesn't really make sense anymore. Right. You know, it's like um, the example I like to use is uh, I had a family member that was on a Medicare supplement plan and they asked me, well, how much would it cost if I went to the doctor? Oh, I said, it cost you, you know, in that plan year, $40 to go to your specialist. But they said, I don't pay anything now. They said, yeah, but you pay $350 for the privilege of saying you don't pay anything when you go to the doctor. Right. So it's the dollars and cents thing. And, and you know, you find a lot of people, they're very apprehensive to change because, you know, most people in, in that sector, they're uncomfortable with change. So you really have to make sure you're painting the picture and they understand so that, you know, everybody's comfortable in the decision that's made. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, another popular thing that you kind of alluded to uh, earlier is, you know, what we call like the Medicare surcharge, right? So if you make over a certain amount of money during the calendar year, your premiums might be higher. Can you talk a little bit about this? And you don't have to quote specific numbers, Jenna, we can put this up right now on the YouTube video and in the show notes for people of what those uh, different tiers are for yep. paying more premiums if you make above a certain amount of income. So we'll have that for, for people on the screen right now uh, while Chad talks about it. And then again, on our show notes. Yes. Yeah, so annually, there's going to be a document that's created and it'll tell you based upon your income level, either as a single or as a couple, what that amount will be based upon your income. So you can just kind of go down that that table, which is a printed thing that anybody has an access with an internet connection to right. go out and find out what that just information is. And as you said, you're gonna post it mm -hmm. and it will tell you exactly based upon what that income level is, what that premium will, will adjust to uh, for your Medicare Part B. Right, and that's something to be aware of, right? Because you know, in our world, Chad, you know, that's why when someone retires, we're like, okay, we need to plan out where you're gonna get your income from in retirement. So if someone has a traditional IRA, a Roth IRA, and maybe a taxable joint account, we kind of spread it over those three accounts to make sure they're not going over the threshold where they're charged more on their Medicare premiums. Um, so that's something to think about that, you know, that's why I always say just like how we'd like to diversify our investments, we need to diversify our tax liabilities too, because at the end of the day, if you just have a traditional IRA where anything you take out of that is gonna be taxed, then you might have an issue down the road when it comes to paying for Medicare, and you yeah, might be paying certainly. higher rates than you have to. Exactly. So, yeah. um, what else, Chad? What else did have I not asked? What else have I missed? Uh, common misconceptions, common questions that people have uh, before we talk about uh, your company. Sure. So, um, a couple of things that have really kind of changed in the last couple of years is that um, you know the the compliance has stepped up on us, and for a lot of good reasons that's mm -hmm. occurred. Um, we have to now record our telephone calls when we're talking about benefits where we used to not have to be able to do that. Right. We have to read a disclaimer at the beginning of the call, which is a big change because, you know, we, we like to think that we're in a relationship based arrange, you know, with mm -hmm. our, with our clients and they're not used to that. They're, they're used to just, you know, you know, check house, the family doing all that kind of thing. So then when they know it's recorded, they may be, view the call a little bit differently, even though they're like, you know, I know this person, it's just odd that they have to record it. But for the most part, people are accepting of that. Um, the other thing too is, is that 
Um, there's all these call centers. So if you're gonna turn 65, it's no secret. That information can be found and there's plenty of people looking for that. So I often talk to people and they're saying, you know, I receive five to 10 calls every day of the week oh from goodness. people marketing to them. So um, technically you need to have what's called a permission to contact to be able to do an outreach call to somebody. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a Medicare rule. And so we often tell people just be very careful because a lot of these call centers you know, those people are commission-based, so they're just trying to get somebody into a plan. So oftentimes, you know, they might not understand the exact landscape of a local community and who those hospitals might be that are preferred. Uh, maybe some of the private practice physician groups that you may see either uh, that maybe are not aligned specifically with, with a hospital because, you know, they can do a lot of services in their offices. So, you know, you need to know and understand, are those people going to be in the network in that plan that you enroll in? And if you have somebody that's not living in the state of Ohio and they're in a call center down in Florida, they don't know what who the providers are here in our local community, and that can sometimes pose a danger for the individual. Um, so it's very, uh, we, we really ask people to be very cautious on that. The other thing though is, is that people screen their calls a lot. People don't want to answer the call because they're tired of those calls coming in. So even if I'm trying to outreach one of my customers, they might you know, be like, well, I screened your call because I just didn't recognize your number. So you see a lot of that kind of thing. So we want people to be aware of those types of things out there. Um, you know, people can't just go out and knock on your day, door and talk to you about Medicare. You have to have a permission to contact. So we just really want to make sure that people are aware and understand and they're on guard a little bit because a lot of the reason these rules are put in place is because some seniors are looked at that, that, that it's a predatory market. Right. And so I look at it that it protects us as individual independent agents. It protects the consumer, protects the insurance company. So we also want, also always want to act with caution when we're interacting with people and that we make sure that we are compliant with everything that we're doing with them to you know protect our liability and protect them. Because yeah. at the end of the day, um, that's kind of why my, my company's called Medicare for You because the focus is on what I'm gonna do for you. What that, what, what is that, specific individuals needs and how are we going to address that and every situation is different you yeah know, a lot of times i'll talk to somebody and they'll be like well my wife enrolled in this plan that's the plan i want and i'm like well time out a minute let's let's talk about you know i think there's there's four or five things that people always need to be taking into consideration when they're looking at a plan you first of all need to be thinking about you know do you have a preferred hospital that if something happened to you you want to know you have access to um, the second thing is, is do you have any a primary care doctor or any specialist you see? And are those folks all going to be within your network? Very important to know. You know, majority of people we work with are taking some sort of a medication. You want to know exactly how that medication is going to be covered based upon the formulary that either the prescription drug plan or is the the, the drug plan on the Medicare Advantage has, so you know exactly what that cost is gonna be for that individual. So we just really wanna make sure that we're cautioning people and that people know some of the right things to be thinking about uh, when they're looking at a plan, regardless of how you, how you get that. Um, so those are some things that we just really think are gonna keep coming at us. Uh, there's some changes coming for 2024. Once again, we think it's all gonna be for the benefit of, of all of us and probably not in the benefit of some of these call centers that we're competing against. Right. So we really think that um, as an industry, 
that uh, it's this is this is a transaction that happens at the kitchen table. Right. So we spend a lot of time in people's homes. We're, we're you know, talking to them, meeting the dog, that type of thing to really get that get that rapport and relationship built with them in that sense that, you know, they know that we're really there to care and look out for them. And so those are some things that uh, we take a lot of pride in the independent market and doing for people. And, you know, when you call into an 800 number, you're not going to get that because very often the person you talk to, they may not be there in 30 days, whereas we like to think that we're going to be here for a lot of years to grow with you. Right, exactly. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, say you're working with someone, you help them get a plan. They pay nothing out of pocket to you, correct? That's correct. There is no commission or there's no cost for the advisement. Um, of the plans. Yep. All commissions are paid by the insurance carrier, so it doesn't impact them whatsoever for a financial cost to work with an independent agent. Great. Yep. That's awesome. Well, where can people go to, to find out more about you or if they want to work with you or give you a call and chat? Sure. Thank you. So uh, my telephone number is 937-414-6578. And then I can also be reached at Medicare for you, LLC at Outlook.com. Great. Yeah. So, and we're in the process of building a website. Uh, we're still, you know, small. Yeah. So we're working on building things out, and then uh, we're really excited about the future, and really excited and looking forward to helping people for the years to come. Yeah. Well, Chad, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I think this is going to be really helpful and educational for a lot of people. Again, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to kind of break thing, break complex topics down into simple, digestible information for people. So I think. We achieved that today and just want to thank you for your time. Great, Mark. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to episode number 199 of the Independent Advisors podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of the week, and we will see you next week for episode 200. Thank you for listening to the Independent Advisors podcast. If you're interested in hearing more, hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time a new episode gets released. Feel free to share with friends, family, and follow us on Twitter at Jessup Wealth Facebook, and LinkedIn. Mark and Matt will continue to share beneficial information on these social media sites. Also, check out the podcast tab on their website. That's www.jessupwealthmanagement.com. There you'll find links to every episode of the Independent Advisors. Have questions or topics you want to discuss on the show? Message us on Twitter, LinkedIn, or send an email with the words questions and topics in the subject line to inquiries at jessupwealthmanagement.com. We'll talk about it right here on the podcast. Certain sections of this commentary may contain forward-looking statements based on reasonable expectations, estimates, projections, and assumptions. Forward-looking statements are not guarantees of future performance and involve certain risks and uncertainties, which are difficult to predict. All indices are unmanaged and are not available for direct investment by the public. Past performance is not indicative of future results. This podcast is provided for general informational purposes only and does not constitute either tax, legal, or financial advice. Although we do go to great lengths to make sure our information is accurate and useful, we recommend you consult a tax preparer, professional tax advisor, financial advisor, or lawyer regarding your specific circumstances. Investing involves risk, including the loss of principal. No strategy can guarantee any objective or goal will be achieved.